All right, welcome to the Sixers Mania podcast. I'm your host, Will Coffrin. Joining me, Justin Malt, frequently recurring guest on the show, one of the founders of Sixers Mania, but also the other Sixers Mania guy who runs the account. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Mitchell Garcino. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Let's get the show on the road, baby. Oh, I love the I'm here. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be a part of this. Ah, uh, of course. continues. Yeah, well, I mean, you're more than welcome on the future ones. Anyway, so we're recording this uh, March 22nd, just beat the Knicks in overtime. That game was yesterday. So we're going to talk about just pre-deadline stuff. So let's start off with Joel's injury and the impact of that. So for me, I know when Joel went down, I thought it was for the year. Uh, It looked really bad. And I know it's only saying it's a few weeks. I've there was a report too that he could come back even earlier than the original timeline. I'm not quite sure that he should do that or that he will do that. It reminds me a lot of after his rookie season, he had the same dunk against the Blazers, messed something in his knee, uh, missed a few games, and then he came back against the Rockets, and then it was announced he had a torn meniscus and he's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, a lot of parallels to that. So, I, you know, I'm still pretty negative about it, but at least it's not for the year. It's not an ACL, it's not anything like that. What are your guys' thoughts on the Joel injury? Yeah, I mean, he's going to come back at some point. Obviously, that's that's more that's the most important part. I think is that we have him for the playoffs, ready and healthy. Like, I mean, these regular season games matter, but right now we're winning without him. Tobias has stepped up, Sims has stepped up. So if we continue the winning ways, I think we have a a good chance to not rush him back. Is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. We have a lot of road games coming up. Um, we have this huge road trip coming up right now and then more road games after that. Um, looking at the schedule right now, I see Brooklyn home April 14th. Um, I don't know if he'll be back by then, but I could see if he does, like if they do want to really push him to come back, I could see that being a day. But at the same time, it's more important for playoff time. Um, but if he does like not play again into the playoffs, I get worried about him getting out of shape again. Um, and we all know how that goes. So. True, true. Yeah, for me, that's part of the toughest one is just him not being in consistent shape and playing consistently because we've seen how good he looks and you, you just throwing him off his rhythm. We, I have no idea what that might do to him. And uh, we'll go into that too. Um, do you think he, there's a chance he can still win MVP? I mean, that's a tough question. I probably not just because I don't know how Jokic's numbers are, but I know he's been balling this season. I know LeBron's injured, so that helps his case, but – I don't think he has a chance, to be honest. I don't think he's played enough games. Yeah, I think I think the the games that he's missing hurt a lot, especially because we don't we don't know right now how many games he's going to actually miss. Um, it could be a lot more than we expect it to be, as well as right now the Sixers are doing well without him. Um, I know you, for usually they do awfully without him, but just these past few games, it does not look good um, in terms of his impact. Um, Sixers are doing well um, without him. Yeah, I think he can. I actually think he has an outside chance of winning it. I think Jokic would be my guess of who it would go to at this point. It would be Jokic or Giannis uh, for me. Yeah. But if he comes back earlier than expected, I could see him playing his way back into it, especially if we maintain the one seed. Mm-hmm. Even. I mean, yeah, somehow we're winning without him. Is Joel overrated? Next question. No, we'll get to that because <laughs> I guess I have differing opinions on, on you with that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be one of those people uh, Jokic isn't winning as much as like MVPs typically win but with the Lakers having LeBron injured I assume they'll, they'll the Nuggets will probably shoot up the standings yeah be a little higher and then Giannis is like 
they're the three seed, they're probably going to come to the two seed, would be my guess. Also, the number one seed in the West is the Jazz, and it's not like Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert's MVP, so. Well, yeah, but they're frauds, and so with, like, the Hawks all these years, they never had guys MVP candidates, but I, I do agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. We briefly said stuff about it, but I'm going to talk about how they look. And so I, I disagree somewhat from what you're saying. I know we've been winning, but I think we've looked like absolute shit. Uh, Tobias has looked good. I'll give you that. But like with that next game, just when teams actually game plan for us, it seems like, like it looks like the Knicks were like, all right, fuck this. Whenever Ben Simmons touches yeah. the ball, we're just going to double with Tony Bradley's man. And then towards the end, when we tried isoing Tobias Harris, which was just ridiculously dumb on Doc's part because he, they could send three guys our way. And then there was no person that was open to kick it out to. Anyway, when they were doing that, yeah, they were sending the, you know, Ben Simmons guy and Tony Bradley or Dwight's guy on him. And it's just, it's almost impossible for us to score. And if you look at all the games we've had, uh, they've gone over time, a lot of them re- recently, losing to the Bucks, which we shouldn't have been in this one. That one's a little bit more encouraging. But like the Knicks in overtime, we've won by one. And it was a game that was in the 80s, in the 90s, like like uh, for most of it. And then, you know, overtime pushes it over the edge. But I thought they looked like shit. I'll, I'll give like Tobias has been great, but I thought yeah. they looked like shit. And I think, Doc needs to make some changes, but what do you guys think about how they look like? We'll go with uh, Maltz first. Yeah, I mean, Tobias, he's been balling out, so I'll give you that. We blew out the Kings, which was honestly, I was kind of shocked too. You know, yeah, but the Kings play have like the worst defense of all time. You know, they they are bad. They are, they they cannot defend me. Yeah, yeah. But I think I hear what you're saying that we've had a lot of some close ones, and you're seeing the impact without Embiid. I'll say the Knicks played it well because we don't have a shooting center, so that hurts. You can't, we have two non shooters on the floor with Simmons. And either Bradley or Dwight. So, yeah, it definitely hurts. But, I mean, if we can just hold on, get a couple wins, even though we're playing the Lakers coming up next, so they're injured. So, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But it hurts not having a beat. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's more of, like, Thibodeau's game planning that's making yeah, – the Sixers, for some reason, cannot score. Um, they struggle to score over 100 points against the Knicks. Um, well, the, the Knicks do have some of the best defense, but it just looked like that he game planned even more the second game. Like the first game, it didn't seem like we had a it, bigger, we had as much of an issue because Tobias was doing very well and Tobias was pretty much just killing them. And that was without Ben. Uh, but, yeah. right, was it? I don't even remember. But I mean, the, the last the last night, they did keep him um, under 100. Or no, they just got over 100 in OT. Yeah, but it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have looked as close if Tobias could hit a free throw at the end and didn't miss both. And then yeah. Julius Randle hits. That crazy why ask yeah. yeah. Oh Why-esque. my god! As many what bounces, but, um, it w- it wouldn't have looked as close if both those things didn't happen. Um, it's why I ended up hitting two clutch free throws in OT. But yeah, I mean, you are right. You know, OT loss against the Bucks, OT win against the Knicks, um, and then other than the Kings game and the Spurs, um, a lot of a lot of these wins have been um, close. And just a quick aside on. Uh, on the Knicks, uh, we have some friends that are Knicks fans uh, in general. Uh, Julius Randle being an all-star. Outside of Gobert, there's not a more fraudulent all-star. That guy is fucking terrible. He just takes up. He just takes so many shots because he's on a bad team. Um, I know he's played better. This was he just played poorly in the most recent one. He is so bad. He is just a. He is just a, uh, you know, a result of the New York media, the New York bias, and we'll the fade away elbow pull up. Stuff. He's uh, also playing move. like 36 minutes a game. If you look at his stats from last year, they are not any different for the most part. It's like he's averaging two points more per 36 and like a couple more assists. So uh, the most yeah. fraudulent all-star, Tobias Harris is a far better player. And we don't, I don't even like Tobias Harris. And, you know, we've, no, I agree. 
Yeah, is, better. is Julius Randle and Gobert more fraudulent than Paul Millsap from a few years ago? Gobert, yes, because he's like Poirier on a different team. <laughs> the Jazz, the Jazz got rid of the wrong center. Is all I'm saying. Poirier should have kept Tony Bradley. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's tough. Go- Julius Randle's a little bit better than Gobert. I'll give him that. With how they've looked, Maltz, you said we don't have a shooting center. Uh, I regret to inform you of the reigning G League Rookie of the uh, Year and MVP, Paul Reed, who's right there, ready the to start. Mind. And, I, you know, I kind of say it sarcastically, but I 100% would start him or Bennett Center rather than Tony Bradley or Dwight Howard because it does not work with Ben Simmons. His true shooting percentage dips 20%, I believe, is uh, the number I saw today whenever he plays with Tony Bradley compared to with no Tony Bradley. We need him to get the like. I'd rather. I know the Ben Simmons lineups at center. He can't. They can't really stop anybody, but they outscore almost everyone they go against because the offense is that good. When Ben Simmons is the only yeah. guy who can't shoot, and then if you want to play him with the shooter, just just fucking put in Paul Reed. I don't care. Like I know he is not perfect, but he could hit an open three if he's wide open. He plays some defense, provides some rim protection. I know he's a rookie and he's an idiot, uh, probably, and he's gonna foul all the time and annoy everyone. But like Tony Bradley is just a tall stiff who doesn't move and then Dwight's good but he doesn't just doesn't work with Simmons so yeah I agree I mean this is probably the only time that you're actually going to see like people Paul to have a chance and even getting the game because I mean Bede's injured what what a better time than now to bring him in and get some minutes I mean I don't think Doc will do it just because no he 100% won't do it because I would love to see it I I would like to see it even for a short amount of time it doesn't have to be long but yeah and whenever Bebo Paul is checked into the game, he usually sub he like for some reason Bebo Paul is like the last guy he brings out. Like he'll bring in Isaiah Joe and Rajon Tucker at least recently before Bebo Paul. Like he he was putting like he waited to put uh, Paul Reed in. I guess yeah, I, clarify I, mean, I like Isaiah Joe, but yeah, I, I hear you. No, I, I I'm I'm the president of the Isaiah Joe fan club, but I'm just saying like like Doc clearly doesn't trust him despite the fact that he was probably the he showcased the best in the G League and you know does really provide good. like we need a stretch four five or whatever and he's the only one that fits that at least with like maxi and joe we have some other players that fit their roles that are better so like i understand why they're not playing as much but like yeah. the best case scenario would be playing paul reed and letting him develop i know we're he might not be that good but like the these tony bradley's terrible too i mean he's fine he just doesn't work with Simmons. and beats it built around him but all right that's fine yeah against the chicago bulls well mb poorly timed by Embiid's part because then he got injured and hell we might have to build around uh Bradley if he keeps it up yikes but uh no uh people paul shot 44 percent from three i know it's only 3.6 attempts but um, yeah and his shot doesn't look good either but yeah yeah that. but i mean he, he did shoot a uh, pretty good percentage from the free throw line and then, I mean, we know his career. He had some really good defensive stats, almost two blocks and two steals a game. Um, I was very surprised that uh, he comes out as the uh, G League MVP, especially going into it. Especially yeah, it, and it was deserving, too. If you look at the other stats, like the guys ahead of him were like Kevin Porter and someone else. Kevin Porter didn't play as many games. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with the other guy that was up there. Forgive me for not knowing who had the G League, who was second in like points per game or whatever. The um, but like Paul Reed was like third in points per game, I believe, and he was way better on defense, and he played more games, and he sh- was more uh, efficient. So and he definitely deserved. Record too, they had a good record. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, not that this is a G League podcast, but I mean, I was not a huge fan of uh, of well, Paul Reed coming out of college. I had him ranked in the forties, or I believe, and he's clearly he heard you. He heard you. 
yeah i mean i'm not saying i'm some sort of fucking expert but uh yeah he he he, uh he's been he's exceeded my expectations and uh most importantly trade deadlines coming up as we mentioned so kyle lowry he the sean's report today said that the two front runners were the heat and the sixers now the heat for those who don't know can literally they are literally unable to trade any of their first round picks uh the reason for this is they've shift them out before in the stipend rule so they cannot they have no first round picks that are available for trade so it seems like they'd have to include duncan robinson or tyler hero but even if it's duncan robinson in seconds i still think the sixers could top that or if they include a chua for some reason uh i still still think the sixers might top that because i feel like teams rather have their own draft pick than some guys that another team already took because they want their own guy and their own evaluation they trust over you know, maybe they weren't a huge Chua guys, maybe they, even though Chua's look good, but, and Duncan's a little bit older, so, but uh, yeah, so we were considered the front runner. Um, would you trade Green, Maxi, Scott, and maybe like Ferguson? I, I guess that, I think that works salary-wise and a first round picks for him. So basically just Maxi and Maxi Green of important guys, Maxi Green and a first round. Would you do that, Maltz? Lowry, wow. I like Green though. I know, I know Green's not, you know, not the greatest, and I is expiring deal, so I understand that. I'd probably end up doing it just because I feel like that gives you a better chance to win right now. And I mean, Maxi, whatever. Maxi might develop into a nice player, but I just don't think by the time he's ready to even be a nice player. I mean, a B could be. Well, I don't know. He's injury prone, so you never know. And then Green, I could see. I mean, he hurts. He's just a pure shooter, which I like to have next to Ben Simmons. But Lowry can also shoot. And he's a good defender, and he's a veteran, so he knows how to win. Has a ring, so I would do it. I would do it. I know. I know a lot of time the argument is, um, you know, Danny Green's taller, um, and like you know, we'd be trading for another like small player. Um, but you know, we have Ben Simmons on defense that can guard one through five, and Bead and Tobias. We don't have to worry about that. Um, and then also, yeah, Kyle Lowry. Um, even though we'd be giving up Danny Green, who shoots um, the ball a million times a game. Um, Lowry shoots the ball even more, I believe, from three-point um, range. Um, so he's also a very willing shooter. And I, when you're doing this trade, you're trying to win now, um, unless you are hoping that he signs um, somewhat of a cheaper deal. Um, I don't know how that talk's going to work. Um, but if you are trying to win now, um, it doesn't really matter that Maxi's in there. He's not going to be part of that um, playoff rotation anyway, um, at least not a lot. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. And then first round pick would be pretty late. So I would say it just depends on what the Sixers mindset is. If they really think they can win this year, then they should go for it. Yeah, I, I would be all for that package too. Now, if it, if it included Matisse, you can just give us yes or no about the view. Matisse and or Shake, would you, would you do that as well? In addition, it, to, yeah, yeah, in addition to Maxi Green and a first round pick, I, yeah, I wouldn't because those see those guys are actually going to be part of the playoff rotation, um, opposed to Tyrese Maxi if just this year um, for playoffs. Yeah, so I, not, would, I wouldn't either. And it's not just that; it's that they've been really good in the rotation. It's not like they're the yeah. you know like ninth man that's irrelevant like Matisse and i think you're gonna need matisse you're gonna need matisse down the line like as and you're especially gonna for brooklyn yeah yeah especially for brooklyn when you're playing yeah. playoff time it slows down it's all your defense has to show up and matisse is an elite defender his shot's not really you know great but it's improving so 
you need Matisse, I wouldn't do it. And then Shake, he's basically your only other guard that can actually initiate and kind of shot create. So you need both of them. You need them. Yeah, I agree. I probably wouldn't do that. If it was maybe an extra first round pick, I would probably do it. Like if it was two first Maxi and Green. It's tough though, because Danny Green, he gets talked about like he's just salary filler. And I do agree. We do we kind of need to trade him. But you look at that Knicks game, he was like our best player. And uh I'm not saying he's gonna continue being our best player, but the he he's shooting nearly 40% from three on high volume, which we don't have any high volume three shooters on the on the roster because Seth is a pretty low volume guy. Like we really need what he does. His defense is passable. Uh, sometimes he'll get cooked by like Wayne Ellington or some <laughs> shit, but it, you know some some days it's sometimes it's pretty good. He gets a lot of steals. He's got active hands. He's got those those weird knees is the issue. <laughs> well, he runs. Yeah, he he runs very weirdly. Uh, he, he's a weird guy. I think he's you know we, like I said we talk about Mikey Salary Filler. I think recently we've seen how important to the rotation he is, and he, we haven't seen him miss a game yet like if mm-hmm. if he missed a game like we might be like or i think he maybe he missed one he's been but he's played the most games on the sixers i believe um if we see him miss games we might be like oh my god like we're he was so weirdly important now lowry is a lot better he still shoots threes on a pretty large volume and he can shoot it off the dribble lowry is what we need but still when you're giving up maxi and two first as well you wonder how much of an upgrade it really is Th- yeah. those are my thoughts on that i i would still be hyped if we got lowry i and i will say on the trade deadline as a whole, I feel like we got to go big or go home. Like this team's not a Bielitsa away from a title is what I would say. So I, I think the Lowry is in the right. We're looking in the right area to upgrade where we're going for a bigger piece than just like a marginal role player. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You need, you need another top. It doesn't have to be a star, but you need like Lowry's a, a decent player. You know, he's above obviously a Bielitsa, of course. So you need a solid to above average role player or even borderline star. So to even give us a chance, I think against the Nets or one of these top teams. Yeah. And we, we talked about Matisse briefly and I want to say that too. He's been hitting his threes now. And I actually do think he's a way that could solve some of the issues we've been seeing recently. I think he needs more playing time. When him and Ben play together, they're so disruptive and they create so many fast breaks that although they can't shoot and they're kind of terrible together, we just can't play them with the center. That can't shoot. But um, although they like offensively, it looks weird when they're in the half court, they create so many fast break opportunities with the two of yeah. them. And I really think it would actually help us to have them out there. And, uh, you know, I like, I want Matisse's game to grow. The only way he's going to get it is playing time. So I just thought yeah. you mention that because we talked about him. But yeah, so, uh, and then, the two trades that happened in the NBA so far, somewhat towards the deadline, are involving PJ Tucker to the Bucks and Trevor Reza to the Heat. Now we could have easily topped either of these offers. Uh, what do you? Would you guys have wanted to do that for either of them? I mean, I would like Tucker. I think Tucker's would have been nice, even though he's older. I think he was still he's still an upgrade over Mike Scott. Really, anything is. Um, and then Ariza, did Ariza really get time? I mean, I don't even know how, what his stats were this season. He has not played this season. He didn't report to the Thunder. Yeah, so, I mean, Ariza, who cares? Though. But, yeah, I know he's solid. He's just – I would rather have Tucker, I guess, but either one doesn't – it's not really changing my thought on the team overall. Yeah, what about you, Mitch? I, I agree with that. Um, I'm, I wonder if, you know, more even reached out. Um, if, and if he did, if he did reach out, um, he obviously – didn't think very highly of them because they weren't traded for very much. Um, but I, I agree with Justin um, that pretty much anything's an upgrade over Mike Scott. And I think that could have been something that um, they should have pulled the trigger on. 
Yeah, I would have liked Tucker because maybe he could play five and fix that issue I have with uh, Tony Bradley playing with Simmons or Dwight playing with Simmons, but he's not, he, in my mind, is not worth a first round pick. You look at, you know, we can talk about how, oh, it's a late first, like who cares? This draft coming up is deeper than the other drafts. Well, it's better. I don't know necessarily deeper. It's, it's a good draft. And we got Tyrese Maxey at the last one, and he's more valuable than I would say like a first round pick gets you on the market. Like if we traded Maxey for PJ Tucker, that would be terrible in my mm-hmm. mind. Because P.J. Tucker, he's looked awful this year, uh, even though I like the guy. Maybe he's disengaged. Who knows? But he, you know, he's going to the Bucs. I know a lot of Sixers fans in, those, in the lives we've been doing after the games, they've, uh, they've talked to P.J. Tucker. has been a constant guy that were like, oh, let's get P.J. Tucker for me. It's <laughs> like we're not, like I said about Beale, so we're also not a P.J. Tucker away from the title. It'd be nice to have, but we, yeah. need, to, we need to add other pieces in my mind to, uh, to get there. So do you guys have any – I can – list off specific names I have written down, but do you guys have any particular players you're in, you want the Sixers to target outside of Lowry at the trade deadline? I mean, did Zach Levine die? Of course. No, but uh, <laughs> I don't no, think we're going to yeah. get Zach Levine. I think it's impossible. We'll I think it's possible this offseason, though. He Maybe might, this offseason. Yeah. 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 But during so the trade deadline. Save your assets for the offseason. That, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, to see how we kind of finish with this current team. Because I think this team that we have as constructed right now is good enough to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Can they beat the Nets or whoever's in there? Probably not, but that's the ceiling I see for us right now. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if there's any other tr- trades um, based off, off of those ones. Um, I think maybe more is just trying to wait for the buyout market. Um, I know we's, we've got some pieces that we can do with that in terms of our mid-level, mid-level exception um, and some other things. Um, maybe just trying to wait for that before he makes any – or not wait for the buyout market, but – um, see what happens with there um, in terms of trades before he uh, makes any big moves. Other name I have, maybe Norman Powell. I don't know if he's available or what the deal is, but he's right. it's not bad. I, I saw a report that said that he's likely to be moved. Now, for, like for Norman, you probably – I think he makes $20 million, so that's like uh, – I don't know. Let's say you de- you let's say you decide that, like, fuck it, we're not going for Lowry. Do you trade Danny Green and Maxi for Norman Powell? Is he, you think, is he that valuable? You think? I mean, he's a good player. He is a good player. I just don't know what. What, like, what else would you offer? I mean, about? well, you have to make the salaries match. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I guess Danny Green would ha- almost have to. Danny be Danny Green has to be in pretty much any trade for a like a decent salary. Is, is Powell also a free agent or something? Yeah, he has a player option that he is going to decline. Ooh. So you're probably in the Tobias Harris situation, which you would have to overpay him to keep yeah. him. Yeah, because he, you can't I, lose. I him. believe. Off the top of my head, I believe he his stats have improved like every year he's played. Yeah, um, and he's been he's extremely good this year. But he's improved every single year. Um, so I could see him definitely trying to secure the bag. Um, he's a baller and he's exactly what we kind of need. You know, I feel like he's the, he's a pure scorer, which we could use 100%. So, I mean, I don't know. He's just a free agent or whatever. He's gone next year, most likely, which kind of hurts. But, well, no, I, I don't think he'd be gone. I think we're just going to over, we overpay. overpay him. But yeah. I mean, I'd probably do that trade. I would do that think overpaying is necessarily a big issue just because we already are overpaying Tobias for the foreseeable future like we're kind of we're kind of fucked for money in the next couple of years anyway so if we overpay another guy as long as we have the bird rights if Josh Harris is willing to spend it, I'm not I don't care how he spends his money because we're already capped out so if we yeah. give Norman 30 million a year like who gives a shit but yeah yeah no it's we're, we're now mode. like for five years <laughs> yeah yeah when he's 40 now nah, whatever but uh that's also something you'd want to do for Lowry too, is just overpay him. 
<laughs> if it's for like three as long as if we just align it with the tobias harris contract i really do not care what they give him. they could give him the max amount of money like i think tobias what he's three more years after this one like was if it a we, five-year deal oh, okay yeah he signed a five-year deal so yeah last year this year and then three more so get rid of this guy <laughs> yeah so if we signed lowry to like a three-year 90 million dollar deal like i really wouldn't care i mean who if josh harris like tries to cheap out and like be like oh we're just not going to sign we're going to sell all our second round picks then like i don't know maybe it changes the strategy but for me as long as they're willing to pay the tax i don't see why not like that would be an issue for the next three years because we're not moving tobias so we might and that's a core i would like it's kind of a better he's not a better player than jimmy butler but i feel like kyle lowry's a better version mm-hmm. like in terms of fit with ben simmons and ben simmons is a little bit more of a willing screener than he was when jimmy butler was here so i think it would be sure. it would be like that team from a couple of years ago just maybe a better fit not quite as talented because jimmy's way more way better than than kyle lowry is i mean a a lot of things a lot of things do point to josh herring josh harris being willing to uh to over not overpay people just pay a lot of money so i don't think that's out of the equation outside of the fact when he was refusing to pay his workers uh when the season's has (laughs) been oh yikes yeah but but i I will say i mean he spent a ton of money on daryl he spent a ton of money on doc like and all the assistance that they brought in uh He's I, I despised him almost at a year ago at this point, but uh, but since then he's he's proven that he's a little bit more willing to spend. So yeah. I appreciate that by him. But uh, for other guys I have mentioned, so I have Lonzo. Lonzo, I you know when people for people that might not have seen Lonzo recently, they might think of him like oh this guy can't shoot or whatever. He's actually he basically shoots the same as Danny Green. He shoots the same amount of volume, same amount of or same percentage ish. He's a few ticks down. Um, but he provides a little bit more shot creation. He can't get to the line at all because he's a horrendous free throw shooter still, but he provides more shot creation and his playmaking and decision-making. He's just so quick with the ball and he's a lockdown defender at the point guard position. I would love Lonzo ball. I would probably offer a similar price to Kyle Lowry for him. What would you guys think about Lonzo ball? And he's younger, which is nice. Yeah. Obviously like the, the free throw shooting that could be an issue and his, his three point shot has improved, right? He's not the worst at it. At least he's, he's a little better. So I would do it. I don't know what the trade would have to be green maxi a first, whatever. Yeah. If it uh, I, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I think Lonzo's a great player. Um, And you get him, like you said, in the Brooklyn series, there's another guy that's a true defender that can actually, you know, not stop Kyrie Irving, of course, but there's a guy you could stick on Irving or, or, or Harden, whatever to kind of provide more defense, which we definitely need because Danny Green, he's a good defender, but he's very slow. Um, so, yeah. So he, he's also going to be a free agent this summer, right? Yeah, but he's restricted, though. So even if he was – even if he signed a, you know, four-year, whatever, $100 million deal with some team, you could just match it, and then we have him for that long. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think I would – not be opposed to going after him. Like you said, good defender, um, bring some shot creation. Um, and he, you know, he is, a, he is a pretty decent um, three point shooter um, and a lot younger. So I, I, I definitely would want to look into that. Um, I haven't heard much um, news coming from the Sixer side saying that they are interested in him. Um, I know there's a lot of interest around the league, so there'd probably be a pretty big bidding war for him. Um, and that will raise up the price for him. So, um, as long as they're not giving up like the the farm for him, um, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you mentioned the Sixers, you know, not being a ton of rumors of linking him to the Sixers. Well, I do agree with that, and there was one to the to the, with Lowry and them. Like Daryl has always been pretty good about keeping things close to the vest. I remember when Chris Paul went to the Rockets, 
no, that was completely out of the blue. Um, they, he was essentially every, to everyone's mind, it was like, I was going to resign with the Clippers. And then it's like, oh my God, he's doing a signing trade with the Rockets on day one of free agency. So I think there's a good chance Daryl Morey could just be keeping things close. I'm not saying we're necessarily interested in Lonzo. It is disappointing to me that I haven't seen us in any Lonzo rumor, but I would, I would love him. Uh, I think, and like I said, if you have him on, if you have him on maybe Harden and then you put Matisse on Kyrie or, you know, you could switch those two around and then Ben on Durant in a, uh, in yeah. a net series like that, that's pretty potent. Shooting might be an issue with that team because Lonzo, even though he's made improvements as a shooter, will still have games where he's, where he shoots terribly, but he can get hot. Uh, I really like the guy you get to deal with his annoying dad though. So, you know, that's fine. But also if it doesn't work <laughs> out, unlike Lowry, he his contract will probably be fine and you could probably just trade him in a year or two like if if he signed a four-year 100 million dollar deal uh in a year he might get even better and he might have more trade value especially now that he's under contract who who really knows so i i think alonzo would be a great target i like i um i value him almost as equally as lowry i think i'd slightly prefer lowry because the goal is to win the title lowry yeah, gives us a better yeah. shot right now he probably gives us a better shot next year as well yeah. depending on any foreseen Lonzo growth. But I think the Lonzo would be a little bit more of a safer option, given that he is younger, he's going Potential. to enter restricted free agency, and he can improve, but yeah. like you were saying. So um, another name I have here, Evan Fournier. So for those that are not familiar with Fournier, he's been awesome this year. He's kind of just like a better offensive version of Danny Green. I think he could actually handle a little bit more too. So, I mean, I, Danny Green was hitting step back threes like he was Dame Lillard against the Knicks, but he – but Fournier can do it more consistently. And he's someone I would actually rely on in the playoffs. I think Fournier would be perfect for this team. Now the magic said they want a first round pick or they want a good young player. You know, I'd give them a first round pick. I wouldn't give them maybe Maxi. I'd probably hold on to Maxi for that, but uh, any interest in Fournier? I don't know if, can you trade a pick for like him straight up? Does that even work with? Well, you would trade Danny green as well. Oh, Danny green. Okay. Okay. Danny green's in, in In every trade, any, pretty much any trade. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would do it. I think he's a he's a baller, so he's very similar to Norman Powell, very similar style. I would do it. He provides more shot creation. I mean, you see it in these games, too, when Simmons – because, you know, Simmons is a great playmaker, but he's not really a true scorer. And if Tobias is off, and then obviously when Embiid's in there, of course he dominates. But if Tobias is not having a good game, you need someone else to pick it up and be a scorer. And then can we rely on Shake constantly for that? You need a backup guy. I really feel like you need, like, a another third guy that can just be a pure scorer. You don't have that right now. So – yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's on the same team as Terrence Ross, who, for some reason, every year is involved with Sixers trade rumors. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's another one. I want to look at it. Um, and doesn't seem like the asking price would be as high as the Alonzo Ball or the Kyle Lowry. Um, will it put you over the top? I don't know. But um, if that's something that you know, if they're not, if the Sixers aren't ready to part ways with you know Maxi and a bunch of other um, players, as well as picks. Um, I could definitely see them doing the Evan Fournier trade, and he's had a great year, um, and he would definitely help the Sixers a lot, especially on the offensive end. He's not not a good defender, especially not as um, good defender as Kyle Lowry or Lonzo Ball, which um, you know we keep bringing up the Nets matchup because um, that's you know that's where we're probably going to end up if we want to make the finals. That's probably who we're going to go through. Um, yep. So he won't help you as much as uh, Kyle Lowry, or Lonzo Ball, in defensive end, um, but he is um, up there with them on the offensive end. Really tough. This Nets team is going to be impossible to match up, which we haven't seen anything like yeah. it. At least we have Simmons, who, you know, Durant's pretty 
is a matchup nightmare, but Simmons is probably the guy I would trust most in the league. Should be front runner for defensive player of the year at the to me. Better be. Better win that. Yeah, I, I he's like he's just been incredible recently. I, it sucks that the Milwaukee game went overtime and then Yeah. And then Giannis started getting like on fire because Simmons was had him under lock pretty playing great much defense. Gobert shouldn't be in the conversation, that fucking weasel. Um <laughs> Yeah, he just stands there and gets blocks, you know. So I I used to call him French Sean Bradley, but now I feel bad for making fun of Sean yeah, Bradley. Yeah, French Tony Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, French Tony Bradley. We can, we can go with that. <laughs> I, that's actually disrespectful to Tony Bradley. <laughs> Facts. To George Hill or DeLon Wright. Now, you wouldn't have to include Danny Green for this. You literally cannot in a George Hill trade because it's illegal for him to go back to the Thunder uh, by the NBA's rules. So I would do it. Uh, breaking news, Clippers trading Cabin Gelly, a future second for a future Thanks. second round pick. Wow. Cabin Gelly. I didn't Whoa, know. It's Bob. Yeah, I didn't know it would be like a Lou Williams trade or something. Wow, no, no, just Kevin Gelly. That's a pretty big to the more. Oh, wow, that that changes how I would. Um, the league is now different, guys. Yeah, it's, wow. The landscape has changed. Wow, breaking news. Um, but yeah, so George Hill, Devon Wright, small acquisitions. I would do that, but only in addition. You know, I don't like it, giving up second round picks for guys because we look at what we had, what we did with Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, we gave up second round picks, which yeah, they were like bad seconds, but one of them turned into Nico Mannion. Would you rather have Nico Mannion or just nothing right now? And it's not like we had any shot at a title last time. And if I don't think right now we really have a realistic shot of a title, I think we have a better shot, but not a realistic one. So like these second round picks, I don't really want to part with them unless we get something bigger, like a Lowry or Alonzo. So do you guys have any interest in Hill or DeLon Wright? I mean, I like Hill. I just whatever the asking price is, it would be it would have to be very low. Uh, or, if it's like two seconds of salary filler, and the salary fillers would actually be Mike Scott, Hill, whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah like whatever. Uh, I mean, I like George Hill. The last time I saw him was on the Bucks. I really haven't watched a Thunder game this year, to be honest. But uh, I don't know. He's a nice player, and it's kind of a guard you can rely on in the playoffs. He can shoot the three pretty well, so he'd be a nice pickup. I think he would actually have an impact on this team. Solid defender uh, too. Yeah. So I mean, I, I would take George Hill. I don't know about Delon Wright. I would prefer George Hill. Over yeah, they're kind of similar, but yeah, I, I I like both of them. Both of them could definitely bring, um, you know, they'd be both be nice additions to the team. Um, I think it's more up to what they think they can get in the buyout market because I think you could get guys that are somewhat similar to them in the buyout market without having to give up, um, you know, picks and other things. Um, so I think they should rather just wait for that. Yeah, and you mentioned the buyout market. You mentioned that we have the mid-level exception, which is true uh, for people that are unaware. We have a mid-level exception, so we can offer pretty much everybody in free agency more money than other teams can uh, because some most teams either use their mid-level or, like, I know the Heat, they ha- they were granted a disabled player exception for Myers-Leonard, uh, but once uh, anti-Semitic Myers got traded, then they no longer have that exception. They lost them, so... Uh, so now, like we, the Heat aren't even competing with us, and I think the Nets use theirs as well. So we're one of the few teams that have our mid-level exception. I don't know who's going to get bought out. Earlier in the year, it looked like JJ Redick might get bought out. I'm not sure how that goes down now that the Pelicans are looking a little bit better. But for me, I would. Uh, I mean, the buyout market is definitely something to monitor. I do think we'll get one or two other guys, regardless of what happens at the trade deadline. But. It, it all depends on who's there this year. I think it could be tough with the seven through 10 seeds all competing in a play in tournament. I think a lot of the teams that are in the 11 or 12 spot might be like, wow, well, we're not that far away from having a chance of being in the playoffs. And then, then you have that to worry about there. That's just less 
teams on the market selling their guys. So this might be a very small trade deadline. We'll do a podcast after the trade deadline to, you know, react yeah, after Levine. Yep. Gotcha. What happens. <laughs> hey, I would love Levine, but uh, that is the thing. Like when, for when, you know, people might give me shit for, or any of us shit for saying like, Oh, we need to save our assets. But like if Levine does become available, we'd rather no other contending teams have their like first round picks. And we would just, we should just save our, uh, save our assets for the future because also maybe Maxi looks better halfway through the year next year. And we can get a bigger haul for him. So I think it's something to monitor, but, um, and then if so, hypothetically, if we, if we do nothing or just get something like maybe we get only like George Hill and a buyout guy, like, like, what do you think? How do you think the, that affects us going forward and the rest of the season? We'll start with you Maltz. Like how far are we going to go or just how, I think yeah, it helps far, us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you get George yeah, Hill. Yeah, you get George Hill. It improves your team for sure. I, I don't know. It doesn't put you over the edge like you're saying. Though. I mean, you're great. You got George Hill. Is that really going to defeat the Nets or whatever? I mean, listen, to really make an impact, it's a star-driven league. I mean, when it comes down to the playoff times, can I really make, count on Matisse to hit a fucking three? Probably not. Can I count on Korkmaz? Dude, it's awful. Get Korkmaz hey, off the team. All topic. Get that guy. Ship it back to Turkey. Whatever. This is the That's problem with you and other Sixers fans <laughs> that any time a shooter goes cold, you guys act like yeah, he's but the only I was listening. Ever gone cold? Furkan Korkmaz is a fine young player. I I mean I think this team will go as far as um, Embiid takes us. Um, you run into problems. Uh, teams like the Nets, you can just shoot the lights out, and Embiid isn't going to be shooting the lights out from three. Um, he'll get you thirty, um, probably forty. Um, but like you know, we're not going to be getting consistent play from you know we can't re- yeah like. Just was talking about. I can't get consistent play from Furkan, Matisse. Um, you know, Danny Green probably one or two games playoffs where he drops, you know, twenty five points, something like that. Um, but other than you know, you can bounce bats for twenty points. Simmons for like maybe fifteen. That'll probably drop in the playoffs because teams will, um, you know, really pack the paint um, and sort of play it sort of like what the Knicks did. So. Yeah. I, I I really see us um, coming into trouble with teams that can really shoot the lights out from three. Um, and I could see that being the Nets. So um, I, I, I do think we need somebody else that can we, we can rely on to get us like 25 plus points. Listen, that. I get it's hard to have a consistent three shooting. There's not many that are like consistent. Now, I do trust Curry in the in the playoffs, whatever. And I trust, I trust him to make it, but I don't trust him. to. I, trust I trust him to, to shoot it. Like... I trust him under pressure a little bit more than I trust. I know even the quarter points low key is clutch, which I'll give him that he is. Yeah, he's yeah but points. Curry just doesn't like shoot a lot. I know, but I still more for when he's in. I, I do hear you, but like I'd rather have obviously I'd rather Seth out, Seth out there on the court. Um, But yeah, yeah like, I know you don't want guys missing shots, but a lot of times guys will like they won't necessarily sack off Curry like he's, you know, whatever. But no, yeah, they don't yeah. have to play him as tight because they know they can recover easily because the guy's not a very willing shooter. He only shoots him if they're wide I open. Agree. And he doesn't shoot from, like, he doesn't shoot from, yeah, like, He's not going to pull by you either, so. No, yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a lead speed. Now, like you were saying, Mitch, though, it is a good thing that we have Joel Embiid because there really is no one that can stop him in the league. I mean, besides especially on the Nets. Yeah, especially on the Nets, and we're talking that specific matchup. I mean, they don't have a center. Blake Griffin's beyond washed. I mean, Hey, he dunked for the first time since 2019. He dunk, yeah, so. dunked for the first time since... The worst dunk yeah, I've I don't even maybe know. ever seen. It was Awful. kind of an embarrassment to call it. was like it, a rim so. grace, that basic package of 2K, off topic anyway. But bringing back they with DeAndre Jordan, I mean, that dude's all... I read that three Tony Bradley starting than DeAndre Jordan. I'm sorry. Okay? Yeah, I love it. Uh, um, yeah, I think they're going to struggle with the Nets, regardless of what happens, even if we acquire somebody. I was right. picking the Nets to uh, beat, uh, beat us in the 
playoffs if it ended today, but I would assume we're going to do something. Daryl loves making trades. He did hint. Uh, he was on uh, a Twitter live show with the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast, and he suggested that no teams were really willing to trade with them because they are the number one seed in the East. Now, he m- kind of said it half-jokingly, but who knows? Like, there is a chance teams just don't want to trade with them. And not because they're the ones who, but maybe there's just, they don't have the assets we like. Maybe we do nothing. So I, the fact that he's hitting on it, maybe we do nothing. I don't know. It, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Not a huge. It seemed like other teams are pretty willing to, to create a super team in Brooklyn. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, hey, I mean, I, I just hope like Drummond doesn't get bought out because that'll, that would just be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's an issue. I mean, if they get Drummond, that's a different conversation. You like 2K. Yeah, you like 2K my league. <laughs> it really yeah. is. The Nets are going to be good with Drummond or not, but but the one thing we have is that I mean, Drummond can't guard and beat either. But having Drummond and DeAndre Jordan as like your some of your worst players that are in the rotation is not a bad issue to have. Which is but if the Nets are smart in the playoffs, so they use that Simmons non-shooting advantage, and then they just bring the double to Embiid, which obviously it's going to happen. So yeah, well, it's fine when Embiid's in there because you could put Embiid at the mid range, and then Simmons is a wide open lane to the to the hoop, like you can go dunker spot or whatever, but. When, when it's like right now, what the Knicks are, what the Knicks did with with Tony Bradley and Ben Simmons all collapsing on like their guys defending on collapsing on Tobias or just doubling Ben Simmons every time. It's not like like Tony Bradley's not taking advantage of it, and Ben Simmons they're only doubling when he gets close to the rim. Like it makes perfect sense. There's no downside for the other team. I get why they're doing it, but Doc just needs to switch up the lineups, or I'm going to lose my mind. I, I think. I, I talked about how they've looked so far. There's going to be a night where these other teams are just shooting very well, and I think it's going to get ugly for us. I don't know what what uh game that'll be for us but i think coming up soon we'll without Embiid, you'll we see play the clippers too coming up good luck and now, i mean the clippers have looked awful recently but are they fully healthy though is everyone because it- they're healthy they're just not good um very good this year i don't know what it is but uh yeah they're but like a team like that they might just get hot from three and win by 40 with how we've been doing because even the bucks game as much as we talk about like oh it looked like we we're sticking by them in that like the bucks literally could not shoot at all like that's the kind of game that you you win so but uh but yeah uh you guys have any other thoughts about the trade deadline before we uh wrap up here pretty much touched on all of it unless mitch has anything yeah i just uh hope hope something happens I, uh... yeah yeah it would be disappointing if nothing did anyway i think that's gonna wrap it up for us you guys want to plug relevant <laughs> absolutely make sure you check us out on the relevant app that's r-e-l-e-v-n-c relevant app sponsored by fanatics that's not a joke actually uh, you, really you might act, okay uh no it's, it's i was gonna say if you say it's i might have to cut that <laughs> we're serious um but yeah check us out on there we're live every sixers game sixers wire is always there a lot along with a lot of other people so check us out mitch go ahead take off uh, and you can also find us on instagram at sixers.mania um, Justin and I run that and uh, I think that'll that'll wrap it up yeah and you can find me at Will Duck off and I appear on the live sometimes we, we, you guys go live on Sixers Mania frequently after some of these games um, but we'll probably do a podcast within the next week I don't know who will be on it but we'll do one after the trade deadline uh, to react to what they did or what, what they do or what they do not do coming up anyway that'll be all thank you for listening until next time